What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Lunch Table Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler Brewster, here with my guy, Bobby Mitchell. What's happening? What's going on, my man? You doing all right? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Buddy, I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a minute since we talked, but uh, this coming weekend is probably going to be the best race I've ever watched. And I'm really excited for this weekend. Probably more more than in, I have been in a long time. What do you What do you think about that? Oh, buddy, I agree with you because the past couple of years, Chase has been on these. Besides last year, he's been on these borderline races of to where I couldn't sleep or anything like that. But I'm like you, I can go back, I can enjoy this race. I'm like you, I don't even know how to describe. I think I'm more excited about this race than uh, when me and you went to Daytona in February. Yeah, so, honestly, I, I could second that. I mean, this, this is a, this has got like a game seven type of feel for it in a NASCAR race. It's like go home or go big or go home, you know, for these guys that are on the bubble. And I mean, you've got guys that are going to be off the bubble that can still race their way in. So it's going to be exciting. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Even though my guy's locked in, I know you're going to be uh, locked, ready. And I know you're going to be focused on your boy. Bubba to see if he can strap it up and take that, no offense, that ugly Columbia fish car to the front. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think you got to worry. I don't think Columbia is going to be on the car this weekend. I could be wrong, but uh, no, I'm, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who it is. But uh, before uh, before we dive into uh, what we really think is going to happen this weekend at Daytona, buddy. I don't know about you, but I have really been enjoying this NBA playoffs. And there's just been there's been so many storylines on here for each series and we can dive into, you know, touch on a touch on them as much as we can, but like just, like every series except for maybe a couple has just had amazing games and they've had down to the wire action and it's just been uh fun to watch. Well, I'm like you, man, from I mean, I know the uh I'm not going to really count this, uh, the Miami Heat and Indiana series and probably the Boston series because those were just so unevenly matched. And I can't even believe – I mean, you remember, I thought the 76ers were actually going to be like one of these sleeper teams. And, buddy, they just – I don't know. They they played like dog turd in every game. Like, yeah. they, got, they got embarrassed so many times. But I'm like you, man, from – well, the first Lakers game – I mean, it, I thought it was going to be a better series. and But I'm telling you, buddy, the one – we were just talking about it right before we jumped on here. Buddy, I am excited about this uh, Mavericks and Clippers series. Luca, buddy, that man, in the words of Stephen A. about Aaron Rodgers, buddy, Luca is a bad, bad man. I don't know how yes. you feel about Luca. But that game went the other night. In the fa- who did he knock it down, man? Like Patrick Beverly's face. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Was it Reggie Jackson? But, I mean, to step back like that, and, buddy, he was playing on one leg. He was playing on one leg. That's the uh, that's the part that gets me because he, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it uh, after the game. Uh, the ice bag that was on that man's ankle was, I mean, twice the size of his shoe. So, you know that guy's been in pain and he's not comfortable on the floor, but that – I'm, I'm just going we can we can jump right into that series um that's been honestly the most intriguing series for me to watch other than the the Lakers in Portland because of fan fanboy reasons but 
the Clippers and and Mavericks, man, have just been an absolute uh, crazy series. And you know, you mentioned it with uh, Luca being so good uh, throughout the series, and a lot of it's been without Porzingis. You know, in the first game, he fouled out. Um, he missed one game mm-hmm. due to an injury, and I think he's actually questionable for tonight's game if he's going to play in this one as well. So, you know, that's a uh, it just goes the, to show that it's crazy. Um, I mean, what he's been doing. Yeah, buddy, I agree with you. That I mean, if you if people watch the NBA, I mean, if you don't have Porzingis in that lineup, to be honest with you, buddy, Kawhi and Paul George. And everybody that's on the Clippers, you you should probably. I mean, I love Luca. I think he's going to be one of the best NBA players here if he's not already. But wouldn't if I told you that you only had Luca because Porzingis was out, you would just sit here. I think you would agree with me and say, "Oh, well, give me Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to just beat them down." Yeah, well, buddy, but, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Paul George has been. Nothing in this series. Yep. And I'm just going to go back here and look. Um, in the last game, Paul George had nine points. That's that's crazy. And uh, he was three for 14 uh, from the field. He had nine points and he had eight rebounds. And that was all in 45 minutes. So that I, I just I'm not sure. And then if you go back, if you go back even to game two or game three, Paul George had um, 11 points. And so that's to, 20 point or 20 points in the past two games for your second star. Yeah, uh, that that is insane to me because Paul George, way back when, if you remember when he had to go up against LeBron in Miami, buddy, you never wanted to play Paul George back then because he showed up in every game for Indiana. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember watching those Indiana series with Miami. Like, uh, you had Paul George and you had Lance Stevenson. And I'm telling you, George, Roy, George, Roy, Hill, and Roy George Hill and Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert, man, gave LeBron some fits. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> he did. I mean, from that team. And then as soon, buddy, as soon as that man got traded to OKC, Damian Lillard looked at him just looked at him and said, well, y'all are done. Mm-hmm. And then now, buddy, I'm like you. This man, I agree with <laughs> I agree with Chuck on TNT, Charles Barkley, man. D- don't call yourself playoff PG because you are a no-show. Mm-hmm. I, am, I can go into Walmart and look on the back of a milk carton and it says missing Paul George. Mm-hmm. Just He's playing like his shoes are, buddy, and they're trash. So, <laughs> so I mean – we, I don't know what's going on with Paul George, but Kawhi Leonard is just—he's still Kawhi. But buddy, I Paul George needs to look deep down. Even though I want the Clippers to get eliminated because I feel like that's the biggest threat to the Lakers, in my opinion. But I'm like you—it it just blows my mind that Paul George last game only had nine points, and yet he can still sit here and talk this trash. When how can you talk trash when you scored nine? And you've just been irrelevant in this series. So we'll see how he plays here in about, what, 20 20 minutes? But I'm like you, buddy. That series has been really good. Uh, Another one that's caught my uh, attention too, man, is that Rockets and Thunder. I really didn't think that was going to be a series, if you want me to be honest with you, because I thought 
James Harden will just put out uh, OKC, even though he doesn't have Russell Westbrook. But, I mean, I give props to Chris Paul and Steven Adams and Dennis Schroeder. I mean, them, them boys are still playing, buddy. And that, that series is interesting, too. What do you think? I think it has been – and I, to be honest, I think OKC has been one of the most interesting stories of this season because, you know, uh, you had Paul George leave and you had Russell Westbrook get traded – and we didn't really know what OKC was going to be. I mean, Chris Paul, we know Chris Paul's good, but, um, you know, I, I, I really didn't expect the Thunder to climb themselves up to be a five seed in the West and uh, really be competing in this series. I mean, so there have been a really feel-good story for, for watchers. Uh, but I'm like you. I think, I think uh, overall Houston is probably going to win this series. And um, if Houston does well, let, let's let's not even go that far. Let's say let's say whoever the winner is of this series, they're going to play more than likely without a Cinderella run. They're going to play the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Do you think that either one of those teams is a tough matchup for the Lakers in going forward? <sighs> Do okay. Let let me ask this. Let's let's say for argument that Houston wins and they have Russell Westbrook for the next round. Do I have mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook in against the Lakers, or do I only have James Harden? I, I I would say if Russell Westbrook is good to go, I would say that they're going to be at full strength. They're both going to be out there. Then I think I could see that series maybe going to six, only mm-hmm. because James Harden and Russell Westbrook can make plays to keep them in it. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, man, I don't think the Thunder would be really a big deal because I feel like Anthony Davis could take Steven Adams. And I do believe that whether it's Rondo or whether it's uh, Alex uh, Caruso or like uh, KCP, I feel like they can guard Chris Paul to an extent or Kuzma, whoever it may be. But ultimately, even I, – I just don't see the Lakers losing to either one of those teams, if you want me to be honest with you, because they, they are a team on a mission. And I can imagine we'll talk about them in a minute. But, I mean, I feel like Houston will give L.A. more problems than OKC would. Yes, and that, that's exactly how I was going to go at it too because, you know, Houston with a full healthy roster – has a little bit more of a firepower chance against the Lakers. Now we know Houston; they they they're not afraid to jack it up from three. I think they have. I think they can shoot about fifty a game. And you know, if they get hot and say you only make twenty of those, you make twenty out of fifty. That's that's a, that's going to win you the game. Mm-hmm. So Houston has a. They've always got a chance because they've got a puncher's chance if they can get hot um, from the three. With James Harden, we know James Harden, and he could put up 50 on you any night, and so can Russ. And so I think Houston would give the Lakers more fits because I don't think OKC matches up that well with the Lakers because you hit the nail right on the head how it's going to go. Anthony Davis is the X factor. Anthony Davis outmatches anybody OKC has down low. And so mm-hmm. that that's how I would look at that uh, series as well. But since we touched on the Lakers and we haven't got 
dove into their series quite yet. Let's let's do that real quick. The Lakers are currently up three to one, and they are more than likely playing a closeout game tomorrow uh, against the Portland Trailblazers with no Damian Lillard. But my uh, shocker in this series is I really did think that the Portland Trailblazers would would put up a better fight because of the story that they had going into the playoffs through their bubble run. Damian Lillard being bubble MVP, they were they're the hottest they were the hottest offensive team in the in the bubble. And I'm telling you, but other than Game One, they have looked abysmal. Mm-hmm. And it's just and you know I know. Uh, Damian Lillard dislocated his finger in game two, or was it game three? One of the two. Uh, he dislocated him in one of the games. And then, I think uh, it was game, game two, I do believe. Game two. And then um, just last night uh, in game four, Damian Lillard sprained his knee and is considered out for tomorrow night's game. So I think, you know, in my opinion, that's going to be a that's – a, that's a series over type thing. I mean – barring a Cinderella moment from, you know, CJ or anybody like that. Um, but that mm-hmm. series has just been, you know, it started off like it would be a good series, and uh, it's turned out to be a complete mismatch. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you because the first night, I'm like you. I The way the Lakers have been playing, honestly, I, I looked at you and I thought that it, it wouldn't shock me if the Lakers got put out, and I said that to everybody. But – after watching game one, like Damian Lillard, which I give him props, and it sucks that he got hurt because I have nothing but respect for Damian Lillard. I'm like you. I like watching him uh, play because he's exciting. But in the first in the first game, man, he would come off them pick and rolls, and L.A. was giving him so much space, dude. And if you give him space, I'm sorry. I think Damian Lillard's going to make that 95% of the time because he kind of reminds me of a Steph. But he has a he rises up more in the moment to put games away, and then once they started uh, double teaming him basically off those pick and rolls in games two and three and four, I'm like you man, Damian Lillard. I mean he scored, but you can clearly tell they haven't been the same. And I I feel bad for Damian Lillard because I feel like he needs a whole lot more pieces than what he has because he is a superstar period, end of story. Um, probably one of the best point guards in the league, if not the best that you can make that argument for. So, uh, but I'm like you, man. The Lakers are just a team on a mission, and I still think they've got that incident that happened earlier in the year, and they're wanting to do it for the city of L.A. and especially uh, the family of Kobe and all the ones that did pass away in the helicopter crash so I feel like they're just a team especially last night because like you said when you started watching it was already 15 to nothing at one point the score was actually 24 to 8 mm-hmm. so that that to me man there's there that is just crazy how stuff works out like that but I mean LeBron's finally I think woken up and is back to playoff mode LeBron and Anthony Davis, man, he's been on fire lately from basically he'll, he can take the ball and shoot it from anywhere, and it just it just goes in no, yeah. matter, what, no matter what he's doing. You so, know, Anthony Davis to me has been the, the difference in this series. Now, I, you know, the Lakers are cooking our all cylinders, especially with him and LeBron, but 
this is one thing that I have noticed in watching this series really closely. When Anthony Davis gets hot, the Lakers pull away. Mm-hmm. Now, in game one, LeBron had his big assist night. Um, and in game two, LeBron really didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, because basically it was over within, what, the second to third quarter? To yeah. Where he uh, didn't play. No, yeah, I mean, he only had 10 points in game two. And in game three was probably the closest game other than game one. And that was all, that was a big LeBron game. So when LeBron is is doing his thing, I've noticed that the that the Trailblazers have kind of stayed in the game. But once Anthony Davis gets going, and and you've been watching, he he shoots those mid rangers, mm-hmm. or he drives, and he gets hot, and and he can even shoot a three. That's when the Lakers pull away, and I think he's been the difference in this series because Portland has size. But they mm-hmm. haven't used that size to their advantage against him with Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside. And I know Zach Collins has been out the entire series, but you know, you've got guys that could step up and, and and you would think on paper play with these guys and they have just looked outmatched. Like yeah. it's been absolutely crazy. But, you know, like you said before, best wishes to Dame. If tomorrow night is the last game of that series, you know, Damian Lillard has had a career gear. And yes. um you know, as a fan of Damian Lillard, I wish nothing but the best for him going forward and the Trailblazers. But, you know, one last uh, series we wanted I wanted to talk with you about um, before we jump forward here is the series that is already determined for the second round, and that's the Celtics versus Toronto. Who out of those two do you see moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals? Believe it or not, buddy, I'm going to roll with Boston. Interesting. I am a big now. Me and you have watched this guy in person, buddy. I am a. I like Kimber Walker. I think he's probably one of the like people don't. I think he's actually underrated. If you want me to be honest with you, because when you talk about point guards, I mean, who do you really mention? You've got Steph. You've got Dame. You've got Kyrie. I mean, when is it? I mean, people throw Kimba in there, but. There's so many other people. I mean, Russ. I mean, this so, this year has been Kimba Walker's first year. I mean, all respect to Charlotte and Michael Jordan and all and the and that organization, but he is on a competitive team now in a spotlight where he has not been his entire NBA career, and so he's he's taking advantage of it. Yeah, I agree with you. And plus two, being with Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, <clears throat> excuse me, and Jason Tatum, a ball buddy. Shoo, that. Mm. Buddy, that's a dangerous lineup. And if you want me to be honest with you, I know the Bucks are going to get past the Magic. I feel like they're going to knock them out. But I'm telling you, dude, if the Bucks make it past their round and if they beat Miami, which Miami can give them a run for their money too, don't count out Miami the way they've been playing either with Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. and Drogic and all those guys. Like, if, if that happens to be the series between Miami and Milwaukee, that – out of the second round, the way it's looking at right now, I I believe that might be the best series. And I'm I, telling you, that's crazy. I wouldn't I wouldn't even be shocked, buddy, if Miami upsets the Bucks because I'm pretty sure during the regular season. I know regular season is different from playoffs, but I'm pretty sure, buddy, Miami beat the Bucks quite a few times. I mean, mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but but no, dude, I like Boston the way they've been playing. Now, I haven't really paid attention to Toronto in the series that they played. 
to be honest with you. But I know uh, they've still got a couple of good players left over from that championship team. But I don't know, man, just the way the Celtics have been playing all year. And I'm you hit the nail right on the head. Kimba has never had a good team when he was in Charlotte. They've it's basically been a Kimball Walker show, and that's it. So yeah. <clears throat> I'm like you. He's, he's finally got this team to where he can finally get on one and say, all right, I've got people that can play defense behind me. i got people that can score. I don't have to do it all by myself and feel pressured into every night. If I don't score 40 to 50, then we're going to lose. So I, I'm, I'm rolling with Boston, buddy. I, I mean, who – who are you going to roll with in that series? But well, it will be competitive. I will. I do believe that. Oh no doubt. I, I have this series going six or seven. No, uh, no doubt about that. But I'm actually rolling with Toronto, and okay. I know that previously on our old recorded episodes, if y'all want to go back and search and find, I know I said Boston, but I have been watching. I watched all four of the Toronto games, and I slept. I'm going to admit on on this podcast right here. I slept on this team. And Fred Van Fleet has been absolutely balling. Pascal Siakam is balling. Serge Ibaka is balling. And then Kyle Lowry, I know he doesn't have the best reputation for showing up in big moments, kind of like we talked about with Paul George and stuff, but he has been balling. And if they, they, they took out a team that I know is missing a lot of its best players and a lot of people are, gonna, are using that against them from their first-round series in the Nets – but the Nets were pretty hot in the bubble, and they mm-hmm. gave Portland Trailblazers a run for their money and almost eliminated them from playoffs before they even got to the playing game. Uh, I mean, Karis LeVert is a baller, but, you know, they, Toronto just went in there and beat them all four games by an average of 20. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Toronto wins this series in six or seven, and, you know, I'm not going to, you know, get on here – and absolutely be crazy talking, but I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto doesn't repeat and go back to the finals from the East because they have just looked that good to me. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I, I could be I could be way wrong and I could over I could be overselling this team like crazy, but you know, I am a I am all in on this Toronto after watching their first four playoff games. Uh they've been fun to watch and they have been on fire. Nick Nurse yep. has been coaching really well as well. <clears throat> yeah, didn't he get coach of the year again, basically? I, I, I believe so, yeah. So, I'm like you. This will be actually the first Raptors game that I've actually watched in the bubble, if you want me to be honest with you, against Boston. So, <clears throat> you've been watching them more than I have. I mean, I've watched Boston play against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I'm still blown away at how Philadelphia couldn't win at least one just by the talent that they have on that roster. But eh, we'll, we're going to see. So grab your popcorn, ladies and gentlemen, because that's going to be one of the best series, like you said, that's going to be uh, coming on. And I think it starts, I do believe, it Thursday. Starts soon. Yeah, it's Thursday. So, I mean, if, we, if, this is, if this plays out right without any really major upsets, we're looking, at, we're looking at Lakers versus Rockets. We're looking at Clippers. Well, the, this other series, uh, the Jazz in Denver, has been really, really close. But we're, I think we're looking at maybe a uh, – let's see. Yeah, because uh, actually uh, – That game just finished. Let's see. Denver, Denver won. Yeah, Denver won. So that yep. made it, they made so. it 3-2. to two. But so, I mean, I'm not going to 
pick who I think is going to win that. That's been the most even series so far, I believe, in the first mm-hmm. round. But they'll they'll meet the Clippers, and then on the on the East side, we're looking at a potential Bucks and and Heat, and then Boston Raptors. I mean, you sign me up. Yeah, but sign me up for that. And just to let you know, too, I do not see Porzingis in this lineup for Dallas. So we shall see tonight if Mm -hmm. uh, Superman Luca puts him on his back again. Yep. We're going to find out. Hey, Paul how George, how about you show up? <laughs> well, he actually he actually made a shot as you uh, said that. So we're going to see how – I'm like you. We'll see how he does. But I'm like yeah. you, buddy. Sign me up. Get me a beverage and get me some popcorn. It's, it's time to go. Absolutely. But let's get into what we really uh, wanted to talk about this week on our show, and that's the regular season finale of the NASCAR Cup Series this Saturday night, 7.30 p.m., Daytona International Speedway, Coke Zero 400. You know, we've got, we've got playoffs on the line. We've got one last win on the line. And to make it all better, it's at a super speedway where, you know, you can just throw your hand in a hat and say who's going to win this. So I, I am so excited for this race. Um, what's your expectations for this? And who do you – I'm just going to put you on the spot. Who is in and who is out to you? <sighs> well, let me just go ahead and say this. I think we're going to have about <clears throat> seven, seven caution flags, four wrecks that involve at least 10 cars or five or more. And I will say this on the air. Ricky Stenhouse will cause one of the big ones. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say this since he's been wrecking everybody lately. Joey Logano will end up causing a big one, too. For <laughs> throwing, a, throwing a big block like he always does, right? Well, that, buddy, and then when you just wreck Stenhouse and ruin Chase's day again, I, I'm just getting sick of that guy driving to 22. He can kick rocks. And plus, too, he took your took your boy out from a good finish at the – Ruined our top ten day at the row course, day, at the Daytona row course, yep. Yeah. So, oh, buddy, I'm like you. I can't, I can't even tell if – I'm going to tell people who ever listen to this right now, if you have never really watched a race before or don't really find it interesting, please turn on the TV for Saturday night. Absolutely. Because this is going to be a wild and fantastic show, buddy. Like, I'm, I'm like you. I, can't, I said it before we started this, uh, this podcast, too. I'm like you, buddy. I agree that this is going to be one of the best races I've ever seen, period. Mm-hmm. Well, it's what we said, too, uh, before we started recording. I, I said that this race has a has a Game 7 feel around it, like for an mm-hmm. NBA playoff series or a, or an MLB playoff series. It has a it has a all-in, win-or-go-home feeling around it, and it doesn't get any bigger than that being at Daytona because, you know, we've had this system for, for three, three or four years now, but the cutoff races have been Indy or – Richmond and they're not mm-hmm. and they're not as big as this they're not as big as a wild card as this race and it's just it's just got a huge buzz around it to me and it Saturday night just cannot get here fast enough yeah because I'm like you basically if it was going into an Indy or Richmond you if you were locked in 
from like 14th to 16th, you were basically going to make it in because nobody from 17th on back, in my opinion, was going to ever make it in the first place. No, they, they can't jump up there and steal a win at, at those types of tracks like they can at Daytona, and that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, I agree. But here's – if I'm going to go – let's just go driver by driver. If I'm Matt DiBenedetto, I'm looking at Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney, and we're going to have a team meeting, and we're basically going to say we're going to have this 21 car in front of us at all times, no matter where we're at in the pack, mm-hmm. no matter if it's out front, no matter if it's in the middle, no matter if it's at the back, because he's affiliated with Team Penske. Mm-hmm. They need to do whatever they can to make Matt Benedetto Chase eligible. Mm-hmm. Same way with Hendrick Motorsports, even though that's going to be a tough situation technically. If you're Chase or Bowman, I mean, if I'm Hendrick, I am at least riding all together until about 40 laps to go in the race. And then if I'm William or I'm Jimmy, I'm looking at him saying, all right, guys, appreciate what you've done so far, but I've got to make – this is on me now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel – buddy, I I don't want to sit here and give you a – a winner because to be to be quite honest with you, dude, I have no idea who's gonna win. I don't even I don't even know if I can tell you who I think's gonna make it into the playoffs. My heart wants to go with Matt DiBenedetto because I feel like I want to see him in it just because of the BS that he's been through, mm-hmm. the screw jobs and not having the good equipment that he has now. I'm really really pulling for him. Because, I mean, I could see Jimmy making it too just because of he's been in clutch moments before. I can see William Byron making it because he won the Gatorade duel there in February. So he's he's won a race technically at Daytona. But then I'm like you. You've got Stenhouse back there. You've got a Ryan Newman. You've got your boy. You've got Eric Jones who won the, uh, the shootout down there and won the last – race at Daytona in the fall of last year. I mean, there's just so many good cars, buddy, that can win this race that, I mean, who do you, who do you have winning? And then I'll try to make a prediction. Because well, I, I, I'm not going to say who I have winning, but th- this is what I have laid out here for the points. So uh, just for you listeners and stuff that may not understand how NASCAR points works, I'll explain it to you as best I can, as simple as I can. Each position on the racetrack is worth one point. So Matt DiBenedetto is nine points above the cutoff. William Byron is four points above the cutoff, which leaves Jimmy Johnson four points below. Simple, dumb it down terms, Jimmy Johnson is four positions behind William Byron. Mm-hmm. So that that's how close this is for those three guys on points. Now, we do have Clint Boyer, who hasn't locked himself in yet, but he's plus 57. Um, he is all but, like you said earlier, I think he has to finish like 35th or better to, to yeah, he's, be good. He is fine. Eric Jones is 50 points behind. Win. Got to win. win. Basically, what that's saying is you winning in. Anybody behind Eric Jones, you've got Tyler Reddick, Cole, uh, not Cole Custer, uh, Christopher Bell, uh, Bubba Wallace, any of those guys, they're basically in a win, must-win situation. Now, 
let's break this down. You you did a pretty good job of it uh, before, but let me see if I can add to it. Who led the most laps in the 2019 Daytona 500? Uh, honestly, I'll probably say if I quite, I would honestly say, buddy, maybe like a Ricky Stenhouse or somebody like that. No, the correct answer to that is Matt Benedetto. Wow. Oh, you said 19. I thought you yep. said 20. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Matt Benedetto led the most laps in the 2019 Daytona 500. William Byron, just like you mentioned, he has, um, Won the Gatorade duel there just this past February. Jimmy Johnson, two out of the last three Daytona races, not including the road course, he has finished in the top ten. Eric Jones, 2018, won the Coke Zero 400 this exact race. Um, basically, what I'm boiling this down to is I don't know the answer. <laughs> yep. I agree. That's, that's just those four guys on the bubble. You look and you, and we've mentioned Ricky Stenhouse multiple times already. Out of the sleepers that I have listed here, he has the best chance based on previous um, races that I've watched to to win him say his way uh, win his way in. Excuse me, but you know, uh, you and I were in Daytona just in February before all this COVID broke out and we actually got to enjoy going to the races but uh you know who was leading the race coming off turn four heading to the checkered flag newman newman tyler reddick how many uh xfinity races has he won in at daytona two two yeah you know who's another sleeper and as much as i hate to say this man's name on the airwave that's really good at daytona Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> Michael McDowell. If, could you imagine somebody like a Michael McDowell, Corey LaJoy? These guys can go up there and win hey, on Saturday you, and get in the playoffs. I tell you what, buddy. I was getting ready to mention Corey LaJoy because that is one of the guys that keeps his nose clean and mm-hmm. kind of rides in the back. And then where is he at always with about 20 to 15 to 10 to go mid pack and he finishes about finishes top 10 uh same with chris busher he always finds his way in the front of these races and i'm i mean i'm gonna throw bubba wallace out there as well bubba wallace was in third place at talladega the sister track to daytona just in just in june if he wouldn't have ran out of gas who knows what what kind of conversation we'd be having daytona is bubba wallace's best career finish second um so, I mean, he could get up there and maybe win and, and get hit. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that's what makes me so excited for Saturday is because I'm going to be coming home from work. I'm going to have the registers closed at 9 o'clock, ready, so I can get out of there, get in my truck, and get home to watch the end of this race Saturday night because it's just – I'm giddy about it. I'm I'm yep. like a kid on Christmas for this race because it's just – I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, and I love that so much. I'll tell you an interesting fact that we haven't mentioned, too, is i tell you, what do you think the most important thing is for the three drivers that's in, like, nine points of each other? What do you think the most important thing is on Saturday? Staying out of trouble. That and, buddy, stage points. Very true. Very true. I didn't even think about that, actually. This is where you have to finish the top 10 in both of the stages that give you points. And if you don't, you are going to be hurting to where something's going to happen to you. It could be the difference between making it and not. And, you know, that's 
it's going to be fun to watch too. These end of these stages for these guys that are going to be fighting for those points. How how daring are they going to be willing to be? Are they going to be willing to make a a bold move that could possibly take them out of the race to get an extra two to three points? Excuse me, an extra two to three points. I, it's going to be fun to watch. I cannot yep. wait for Daytona. But uh, the last point on the race uh, last week, Kevin Harvick actually locked up the regular season. Um, championship, which we both know that means he gets uh, 15 bonus playoff points to carry into the playoffs, which makes Denny Hamlin uh, second. So he will mm-hmm. get 12. That was the big race um, for the regular season playoffs. But, uh, you know, it's been crazy this year because me, you and I were talking about this uh, earlier. This year has basically, with the exception of a couple races, just been a two-man season and you know it's it's great for those guys because you always want to, you don't go out there and race to lose and you don't mm-hmm. race for fairness because you want to go out there and win every race but it's it's just either been kevin harvick or denny hamlin winning these races and you know right now i don't see a path without a major miscue of them of both of them not already just basically locking themselves into the final four with how many playoff points they have because Kevin Harvick has seven wins. Denny Hamlin has six. And then the next closest person is Brad Keselowski with three. Yeah. I'm like you, buddy. I mean, it's just – and being a fan of a driver, like, for instance, like I'm a Chase fan. I'm like you, buddy. I get sick and tired of just turning on the TV. And I'm like you. It's first and second. It's either Harvick or Hamlin. And you can flop them at every race. Every track. It doesn't like, matter the track either. It, it could be a super – well, not really – not really so much super speedways. Kevin Harvick is not as good at the super speedways as Denny Hamlin. But you throw in any other track, whether it be a short track, intermediate, mile and a half, um, road course, it's just been Denny Hamlin. Well, with the exception of road courses, Chase Elliott is better than them on road courses. But, you know, just any track, basically, we've been watching all year, it has been just two guys. And it's been oh, crazy. Yeah. And kind of great. I agree with you because at the beginning, like Chevy was just on fire to where you had Chase and Bowman up there almost every race. And then I'm like mm-hmm. you ever in the middle part of the summer, it has been a Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick show, period. And what's, no been, if you t- and what's been crazy about the, the two of them is I know Denny Hamlin won the Daytona 500. And then I know this is a short sample size as well with only four races. But before the shutdown, I, you know, I could be mistaken. You can correct me, but I don't really recall Denny Hamlin or Kevin Harvick being that dominant because I think really we talked about Denny Hamlin in the three races that weren't at Daytona struggling. Am, oh, am I correct? He sucked, if you remember, and, because he yeah. he finished 20th to 15th, and I remember going on the air, buddy, and basically I said Kyle Busch was the best Joe Gibbs car at that mm-hmm. point. And then it's just and like I'm, once we came back from the coronavirus shutdown, the 11 team woke up, and the four, t- the four team was the one that really kind of shot me. Uh, from the difference between the first four races to now, is they they weren't really in contention for any of them because you got to think Joey Logano won two of the first four races, Alex Bowman won at California, and then. Mm-hmm. Denny Hamlin won the 500. Kevin Harvick was not up there. But as soon as they came back, it was just those two guys and everybody else was catching up. Pretty much. And, I mean, who knows, buddy, like the playoffs. I've seen people to where they've struggled 
during the summer, and then once the playoffs turn around, buddy, like they've been, they're there knocking on the door. So I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of getting hot at the right time, no matter what sport it's in, from NASCAR to football to basketball, baseball. When you get hot at the right time, watch out. And who knows, dude? Kevin Harvick and Hamlin could have ran so good so far during the summer, but buddy, it only takes two part failures or two wrecks, and they're in a whole different ball game down there with everybody else. Absolutely. Because I because I've seen uh Chase win two races in two rounds and then go to the third round that he struggled with every year and something always happens. A part well, breaks, he gets wrecked. So it only takes one of those. The most recent case of that that I can remember is what year it was either two thousand it might have been two thousand eighteen or seventeen. And, you know, correct me if, if you know, but you know, the forty two car of Kyle Larson won how, did he win four or five races in one of those years? And then when he gets to the playoffs, he was out in the round of eight. I want to say it was uh, 17, I do believe. And I'm like, you, yeah, he got put out. Yeah, had one of the best top three cars all year and turned it turned into the playoffs and just – he was eliminated. Just gone. Uh, didn't even make the round of eight. So you never know. But, yeah, you I mean – but I'm like you, though. I'm excited for it. But all in all, Saturday, the biggest guy that I'm pulling for is going to be the 21 car. That's the guy that I'm going to be watching every single lap to see where he's at. Mm-hmm. And, buddy, I really want to see him in it. God, I think that would bring so much joy to a lot of people, honestly, because a good guy like me. And then, honestly, dude, you just don't – you wouldn't want to see him get eliminated from the playoffs. No. Because I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and say this on there. The people that are going to get eliminated first are going to be like Kurt Busch, Austin Dillon. <sighs> I think Clint Cole Boyer. Custer. And, and Cole Custer and like an Almirola or a Boyer. They're going to be bounced out first. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead. You can go ahead and mark that down for me because that's how confident I am in it. Yeah. So but, Alex Bowman um, really has not been showing much speed, honestly, either and then even lately. If, even if Jimmy or William make it, buddy, I don't. I could see them getting bounced out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, we'll see. I'm excited, like you said, it's going to be one of the best races of the year. But the guys that don't need to make a mistake will be cautious, and the guys that have won races and don't, they're going to go out there with the "I don't give a you know what" attitude. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the racing and the wrecks is going to happen, aka. The driver of the twenty-two Ford Pennzoil Mustang, and I hey, hope he's the first one that wrecks. Hey, bud, I know you listen to this show. <laughs> you, you need a new one, buddy. We yeah, can't we, be we can't be doing this anymore. I can deal with the Clemson and Minnesota <laughs> because he pulls for the Braves in baseball, and yeah. I can deal with his Chicago Bulls and the NJ talk. But yeah, we bud, buddy, we got to get better with Joey Logano. We, yeah, uh, I don't understand how we go from. Ernie Irvin to Rusty Wallace to <laughs> Tony Stewart and then now to Joey. I right, buddy, come on. Let's let's be doing better than that. But uh, I'll uh, Saturday night I will be fanboying my way in because you know as much of a long shot as it may be, I will be all in, locked in, zoned in on that forty three car to hopefully maybe he can get a. I, I will be ready. 
That's all I gotta say. And, uh, and I'm gonna be. Out. My phone will not be. My phone will not be anywhere near me in access when I get home from that race. So if you're trying to get a hold of me, if you're, if anybody listening is trying to get hold of me, you better wait for that checkered flag because I'm not. I'm, my eyes aren't leaving. Yeah. If it, if anybody wants to, this is the only good thing about it. On Saturday, see that's what's good, buddy. Like when your driver wins and is locked in, you can just sit back, relax, and just be like, oh look, a big one, and that's it. But I'm like you. I've been in those positions before where Chase basically had to finish here or there to get locked in. I'm like you. Your phone, you're glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. You're up. You're screaming. You're on the edge of your seat, especially if your guy's running like in second with like three to go. Oh, I've never had so much like heartbreak and heartbeats mm-hmm. in one in one moment at Daytona. It is. Unreal. The, so, the yeah. 2017 Daytona 500. If you thought my palms were sweaty that day, you you're gonna want to be <laughs> at my house on Saturday night. That's all I gotta say mm-hmm. about that. Uh, but no, that's uh, that's all I got for us tonight, my man. It's a kind of short and sweet and to the point show. But uh, any any last words you wanted to throw my way until until next time? Oh well, I'll just say good luck to your boy. I'll yep. be watching on Saturday, but. I'm like you, buddy. I can imagine we'll get on here Sunday after that and for this coming Sunday, and we'll talk about what we saw and who we think is going to go all the way or go round by round. But mm-hmm. as always, I'm going to be die-nine over here, so go chase. And I need my boy, Matty D. I'm pulling for you, buddy. Come on. We, we can do it. I've got the utmost faith in you, buddy. Put that 21 and victory lane and shut these haters up. <laughs> absolutely but uh no just gonna piggyback off what you said uh hopefully next time we talk on here i'm gonna be wearing that playoff sh- shirt with bubba because you know he might sneak his way in there and and make my make my life oh just be so great my my facebook will be ready once the checker flag waves i will be on facebook you keyboard warriors i'll be there you freaking haters i'll be ready for you and then you can walk in and you can look at old Swaggy C and say, buddy, you can talk to me when your driver <laughs> wins a race. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, second thing I want to do is just uh, like we like we mentioned earlier, just throw a quick throw a quick prayer for our guy, Damian Lillard. Uh, if if this is the end of the series tomorrow, um, I wish nothing but the best for him going forward. It's been a rough series for him injury wise. So let's hope he gets um, let's hope he heals up and gets ready to go. But uh, nope. I'm. That's all I got. I'm excited for more basketball, and I'm really excited for Saturday. And I'm uh, I'm ready to talk to you again uh next week. All right, buddy. Sounds good to me. I'll be probably talking to you Sunday. So good luck to your boy. And as always, go LeBron, go talk, and die nine, buddy. Go chase. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace out from the Lunch Table Podcast. Later.